Hi everyone, good morning. It is Sunday, March 22nd, and I woke up today feeling not so bad. I think it's because I've had a bit of a news detox over the last day or two, but I don't know if this is some form of masochism. Is that what it is when you're like, you like, like, enjoy harming yourself? Or is that, does that make me a sadist? Let me just, let me just take a look on the old internet. I should know this, but you know what, guys? It's tough, it's tough to keep your brain normal these days. Oh, I was right! A sadist is a person who derives pleasure, especially sexual gratification, from inflicting pain or humiliation on others. So, I am a masochist because I wake up this morning, I seem to feel good, and I decide, well, why not headfirst nosedive into the news, you know? It's only 9.39, that sounds like a good plan. But it's not even, it's not even me trying to upset myself. Um, as I'm sure we're all dealing with, I'm, I want to see what the latest is. Before I go into any updates on anything, I want to play you the audio that, uh, someone sent me this week. This comes from The Recount, and they call it Trump's Coronavirus Calendar. this basically does are these these are audio clips that take us from January until present day and they've taken his audio clips and arranged them in chronological order so take a listen to our our wonderful wonderful leader of the US president Donald Trump can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth right now no sorry to be clear not the wonderful part that is full-blown sarcasm just the fact that he's president just the fact that we're living through this and the president of the united states is a reality tv show host that's just to be clear that's what i'm saying anyway take a listen we have it totally under control it's one person coming in from china we think we have it very well under control we pretty much shut it down coming in from china you know in april supposedly it dies with the hotter weather when it gets warm uh, historically, that has been able to kill the virus. The people are getting better. They're all getting better. And the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. And you'll be fine. Uh, they're going to have vaccines, I think, relatively soon. Not only the vaccines, but the therapies. Therapies is sort of another word for cure. We're talking about very small numbers in the United States. Our numbers are lower than just about anybody. It's really working out. And a lot of good things are going to happen. And we are responding with great speed and professionalism. It's going to go away. Yeah, no, I don't take responsibility at all. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This came up, it, it, it came up so suddenly. This is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at other countries. The coronavirus, you know that, right? Coronavirus. And this is their new hoax. We're 15 people in this massive country. And because of the fact that we went early, we went early. We could have had a lot more than that. We're doing great. Our country is doing so great. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Woo-woo-woo! Here we go.
can't deny that was fun. I have a high ponytail right now, and every time that beat comes in, I just whip my hair around because, you know, what else? There's no one around. I live alone. I'm not going to hurt anyone. No, I, it, that was a fun moment. A fun moment, indeed. All right, so let's talk about the news, shall we? Okay, so one top top story right now that just came from the Wall Street Journal 18 minutes ago is that the coronavirus cases have doubled in a week, and we've now passed 310,000. Uh, they said that the global spread of the novel coronavirus is accelerating rapidly, pointing to the challenges for governments worldwide as they lock down more people and shut borders. None of that comes as a surprise at all. Um, Some other stories in the news. Um, In the United States, there are some fashion labels and designers that are volunteering to help repurpose their operations to create masks and hospital garments, which is really great. One example of that is the designer Christian Siriano. So that's really wonderful news. Um, We are also seeing this in places like Europe where LVMH, uh, which is the world's largest luxury goods company, has announced that they would use their facilities uh, that regularly produce perfume to produce large quantities of hand sanitizers uh, for European hospitals, which is really, really wonderful. It's great to see these industries that are set up for various forms of business pitching in to help in any way that they can. This one I thought was interesting. The governor of Hawaii has issued a mandatory 14-day quarantine for all individuals arriving or returning to the state of Hawaii. Upon arrival to the island, you must proceed directly from the airport to your designated quarantine location. Uh, He mentioned that he knows that this is going to take a massive hit on, on the tourism industry. I mean, at this point... I don't imagine that anyone is traveling to Hawaii for vacation. If anything, it's probably people going home to see parents or be with family or return from work trips or return from where they maybe were living in a different country or a different state. But that is uh, some news from Hawaii. And something that I was reading from the New York Times, it was this question of what's the U.S. going to look like with all of this? So let me just read you what I found here on the New York Times. So... Even if the United States cuts its rate of transmission in half, which is a tall order, some 650,000 people might become infected in the next two months. Okay, some 650,000 people might become infected in the next two months in the U.S., That was a conclusion of Columbia University researchers who used a New York Times database of known cases and Census Bureau transportation data to model how the outbreak uh, could evolve. And the estimates are obviously inherently uncertain because we are very much in the dark in regards to how many people have this virus because we basically have not been testing. You know, a week ago, I believe Governor Cuomo said that the average number of tests per day approximately a week ago within uh within new york was 200 a day which is which is pretty insane so we're super behind we know this um but that's an interesting estimate from the new york times and they know that given the fact that there's not much data that this could definitely change but right now they're saying even if we cut our transmission rate in half still looking at over half a million people becoming infected within the next two months. 
Uh, and this could obviously change as the U.S. adopts additional measures to control the outbreak, but that's what the New York Times is saying right now, which I think is, is pretty interesting. And how am I feeling? Well, yesterday I went on some really long walks. I've got to say it was, it was puzzling. It was concerning to see how many people were out and about walking. And there seems to be something with runners. Listen, my father runs marathons. My friends run marathons. I have a lot of people in my life that love running and that's great. But there seems to be something about runners in New York that I guess they think I'm just going at lightning speed, so social distancing doesn't apply to me. No, how could it possibly? Look at how fast I am. Uh, I was on this walk, and these runners are just zipping between me and my friends. It's like, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am. This this six foot of social distancing between me and my friend is not for you to just, like, speed through and break it is for him and I to be separate from each other. So I don't know if you're a runner and you're listening to this, please, please keep your six foot distance. Like that's what we're all trying to do. And Manhattan is a crazy overpopulated, super, super, super tiny place. So I get it. We're faced with challenges that you probably wouldn't have in other parts of the world, but come on, if you're going to run, go and run and enjoy that. But that doesn't mean you should be zipping in between people. That's not social distancing, period. So anyway, I was on this walk yesterday. There were a few things I saw that were, there there were a few things I saw that were concerning. Wow, can't speak today. One was I was walking on Avenue A. I was on my way back to my apartment. And uh, yes, I was walking and eating a bag of french fries at the same time while listening to Mariah Carey's Heartbreaker. It brought me joy. It made me happy. That's what I was doing. And there's a barbershop not far from my apartment. And I looked in it. And not only were there multiple barbers working with multiple customers in the chairs to get their haircuts, but there were like four or five guys sitting on the bench inside the barbershop waiting for their turn. And it took every single ounce of restraint in my human body and soul to not poke my head in there, which I guess wouldn't have been great for my health or theirs either. And just say, this is not okay. This is not okay. But I get it. Like we have these small businesses that are trying to survive during this time. I can only imagine how horrible that feels. But as Andrew Cuomo has said, we are not at the point of monetizing these decisions anymore. This is a life or death situation. So listen, you want to get your fade touched up? I'm sure that's not even the terminology. Then do it at home. My brother um, just shaved his head at home and I think it looks pretty cool. So why not try a new look? All you guys out there that want to see your barbers or women. It's going to be funny to see how we all emerge from our social distancing in terms of beards and haircuts and God knows what else. Anyway, um, that was concerning to see. So whether it be being out on a path and just like, you know, my friend and I, it's almost like, let's say you were on a hike in the woods and it was after a rainfall and you look down a few paths and you see this one that looks really muddy and treacherous and you look at each other and you say, I don't think we should go that way. That's how him and I were on this walk because we would see like hugely 
um, populated areas of people running and walking. And it's like, that just doesn't look okay. I know that we're outside, but I really don't think that that is okay. I really don't. And um, then the barbershop was just like times a hundred of that. I don't know, maybe I'll write a little note and post it on the door of that shop and express my empathy and compassion for their situation, but also remind them that it's not okay. We'll see. We'll see how how much of an activist I feel like today once I get outside. Um, So yeah, I do want to talk about how this feels in New York, and I need to preface this with this might be a bit obnoxious, because I know how it feels to hear from people that live in New York to hear, you know, unless you live in New York, you just like, you wouldn't understand. Um, However, it took me moving here to get that that is a very real thing. Let me tell you some stats about New York. In terms of coronavirus, New York State now accounts for nearly half the cases in the country, okay? So we have, I think we're around like 20,000 cases in the U.S. right now, and about 10,000 of them are in New York State. Now, if we look at New York City, New York City has a population of 8.7 million people. That's a a stat as of 2019. New York City has a population of 8.7 million people. Manhattan, from the 2018 census, estimated that the population of Manhattan alone is 1.6 million. So I currently live on this island called Manhattan. Let's say if you've watched an episode of Sex and the City, you may have seen it, or some really brutal but delightful rom-com movie. I'm sure you've seen Manhattan. Beautiful city. In terms of Manhattan population, as of 2018, the census let us know that there are 1.6 million people in Manhattan alone. For those of you listening from Toronto, just to put it into context, the population of Manhattan is half the population of all of Toronto put onto this island. Picture half of Toronto put onto this island. And now let me throw in some fun measurement metrics for you to conceptualize the size of Manhattan. Let's talk in miles first. We'll do the the US focus first. In terms of miles, Manhattan is 2.3 miles wide and 13.4 miles long. If we go into kilometers, it is four kilometers wide and 22 kilometers long. Just take a moment to think about that. Four kilometers wide or 2.3 miles wide That is not a long distance. And in terms of length, it's 13.4 miles long or 22 kilometers long. That is the island of Manhattan. And as of the 2018 census information, there's a population of 1.6 million people in Manhattan alone. It's a lot of people and that's who lives here. And before, you know, businesses were told to shut down, before uh, borders were being closed, uh, a stat that I've heard is that at any given time on the island of Manhattan, there are approximately 8 million people. And that's everyone that commutes in to work here. That's all the tourism. So think about how many people are in or have been in Manhattan leading up to these lockdowns. That's why people are saying it's going to be a bit of a disaster in New York, because you look at the density of the population here, you look at the 
small amount of space. You know, we're all stacked on top of each other in these tiny, tiny little apartments. Oh, and that's another thing. This idea of social distancing and this idea of self-quarantine. And I was actually speaking to a friend of mine that lives in France yesterday, and I'm going to interview her and do an episode with her because I think France is about one to two weeks ahead of, of what it's going to feel like in in parts of America, but I would imagine definitely how it's going to feel in New York because I'm sorry, if I'm going out on walks and I'm still seeing huge crowds of people, if I'm walking by barbershops that are, that are you know, half full, I don't understand what's happening. And as my friend James said yesterday, do Americans love rules? I don't know. I'm not an American. My American friends would have to tell me, but I think love them or not, we need them right now because that behavior is not okay and that's not going to help us. Another thing I want to add in regards to like how specific this feels in the U.S. is a lot of people are talking about with Italy, you know, it's so bad in Italy, but the reason it's so bad in Italy is Italy has one of the oldest populations uh, per capita. You know, they have a lot of old people in Italy and this and this disease is is really... Um, impacting old people. Well, from what I'm sure we've all been reading, it's not just impacting old people. It's impacting everyone. It sounds like the mortality uh, rates and the the deaths are more so with older people, but we've also heard that it's more so with people that have underlying health issues. And so sure, Italy, yes, does have an older population. But let's talk about the United States for a second. I don't want to talk about the age of the U.S., but I do want to talk about the underlying health issue that we know exists quite prominently within this country, which is the issue of obesity. So when we talk about Italy and how how elderly their population is, why don't we talk about America and the percentage of our population here? Did I just say R? <laughs> I think I've said that a few times. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, The percentage of the population in America that is obese is, is, is massive. And this comes as no surprise to any of us. I actually pulled up some information from the CDC website. And the most recent stats that they have are from between 2015 and 2016. Uh, The percentage of adults aged 20 and over with obesity was about 40%. And the percentage of adults aged 20 and over that were overweight, including obesity, was 72%. So the majority of the population of the United States is either overweight or obese. And that is an underlying health issue. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as the virus continues to spread throughout the United States. Anyway, I've sort of gone in a few different directions here. I'll try and edit this together to make it seem somewhat coherent. Um, Another thing about New York is just like the apartments that we live in. There are all these jokes about, you know, you move to New York, you pay. This is the most expensive rent I've ever paid for the smallest place I've ever lived in. I mean, I'm very happy in my apartment. I think I've done a nice job of of putting it together and decorating it. And if you ever want a visual of what it looks like for me to be recording this here, I'm happy to send you some little videos or or photos. Um, But this idea of being, you know, quarantined into our apartments here in New York has a 
very special feeling to it, just given that they already feel so tiny and so closed in. And I think New York is uh, an extraordinary place to experience the coronavirus. And I don't mean it in like, how extraordinary, how lucky to have this experience in New York City. No, I mean it more like we're all going to deal with this. We're all going to feel very different things. But I think being in this city, which is part of this country, which is so not prepared for this, given everything I've talked about earlier in this episode, I think it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how how things happen in New York. Anyway, I'm going to shut this down for today. I'm going to go get on my bike while I still can ride out to uh I think Prospect Park is calling my name today and go do a few loops there. There's this hill in Prospect Park. I don't know if anyone here runs or bikes in that park, but there's this hill that is just never ending. It's like you get to what you think is the top and you're like, whew, made it, done. And then you're like, you realize, no, I'm only like halfway up this thing. It's hard. So I'm going to go try to do that a few times, get my body moving, get outside, um, Anyway, a couple of things for everyone to think about today, and I hope everyone has a lovely, lovely Sunday, and I will talk to you all sometime this week. Have a good one.